Hey, everybody. I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 34, 34 of the David Waskinen In the Pocket podcast. We're coming to you live on phillyrockradio.com. As always, you can catch us any time of day on wildfireradio.com. And our guest today, like David, is a Bristol Township native. Proud. Proud Bristol Township native, also a proud Philly boy. Yeah. But uh, he's been out in Las Vegas for, oh, 15 years or so. His name is Rick DeJesus. He's the front man, lead singer, uh, the, the, the brains behind the great, great hard rock band Adelita's Way. And we are so thrilled to have him on the line today. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. How are you guys? It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. Good to hear you, man. I, 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 we exchanged an email. Actually, I, I guess he might, might have sent it last night. And you were on your way from Ohio. You had a great. You said you had a great show in Ohio, and you were heading out to. You said you were heading home, so you were you were on your way to Newark, uh, New Jersey, to fly back to Arizona. Correct? Is that the deal? Well, we're going to. We, we play a festival in Arizona tomorrow. All right. It's a crazy schedule, and then we got to fly back to Easton, Pennsylvania. So we're coming. We're going from. Newark to mm. Tucson, yeah. playing a festival right. in Arizona. Get on a plane. And then we get right back on a plane, and we yeah. land in Philadelphia to get ready for the Easton show. <laughs> right. I, wanted to, I like that kind of schedule. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. I've, I've been interviewing Rick for, for many years, and yeah. it seems like the, the geography of the Adelita's Way tours never doesn't always make the, the, the best sense. Bo, but, bow and uh, arrow bo, booking. Bo, I've bo, been there. But when they show up at the well, gig, they're, yeah. they're ready to rock. That's good. Um, Actually, well, we're ready to rock too, and and, and it's, it's sometimes they make you an offer you can't refuse. Right? It's true, absolutely. Right. You know, you got, and you got to do what you got to do, and and it sounds like you uh, are veterans at it, and uh, you accept the path, man. That's great. Yeah, it's, of course. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been on the road for about what uh, eleven years now, mm. and, and it's just part of the job. It's part of the job. It's yeah. part of the gig. It's normal. Right. Yeah. Well, I, what, the reason we wanted to have you on this week, Rick, is because you mentioned the Easton show uh, for the for the local fans who who you know who want to see the band. Uh, they're going to be at One Center Square this Saturday. It's an all ages show in Easton. Tickets are only fifteen bucks. So if you want just pure, unadulterated rock and roll yeah. with a band that kicks ass every single time yeah, they take I the stage and, and and a front man who just has what a voice and, and, and the lyrics. So go check Adelita's Way out the Saturday, One Center Square in Easton. You can find more details at adelitaswaymusic.com. Uh, so, Rick, uh, just uh, update us on um, you got the new single out, or I guess it's been out for a little bit now. Um, but uh, just uh, give us a little update on, on what's new with the band, uh, how things are going on the tour, and, and just, just catch us up with the latest news with Adelita's Way. Uh, it's been great. You know, I think uh, for us, a, a big turning point, and, and which we saw coming, is the streaming services. You know, it's, it's you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, our numbers on there are growing uh, insane. I mean, it's, it's to a point where... Um, I look at I look at what we've accomplished over the past uh, you know three four years. Over the past four years, we have over seventy five million streams on our wow. music. Wow! And uh, we're certainly taking advantage of it. You know, we we also notice uh, a nice uptick in the size of the audience uh, when we headline. Um, so you know, we've just been putting out great music. That's, yeah. that's how I feel. I feel that's the focus. It's, putting out music, putting out content, making sure the songs are strong, putting them out often, mm. uh, showing that we're the real deal. Yeah, you are. You are, too. They have one song, two songs. We want to have a whole catalog, you know? Yeah. 
I was listening to uh, the music that you, you guys produce, and um, one thing I did notice is that, you know, like, I, it rocks, obviously, and it's it's got a great sound. Everybody plays great. And But I was really listening to your lyrics and what you write, and uh, that's what struck me more than anything, I guess, I don't know, maybe I maybe it's age with me these days where I just I listen, I go, well, what's he saying? And uh, I really like that part of your, your music. Um, you know, it's very personal. And um, am, am I correct in that, that it's very personal? Because it sounds to me like oh, yeah. it is. You know? Uh, and oh, that, yeah. I mean, there, I can't find a song. We've written 50 songs, and there's mm. probably not one that exists that I didn't write just about every lyric on. Yeah. Um, and you feel because it. Because it's very personal. Yeah, and yeah, I think... I and feel it, it definitely. And Rick, if, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but this is, this is one of these situations where if it's not that way, it's hard to sell it, right? I mean, you know, you believe in what you're saying, and so it's the work doesn't seem like work when you're out touring because you wrote these lyrics and it's a message that you want to get across and what you're saying is cathartic exactly. in a lot of ways you know and uh, i believe exactly it. you want to continue to spread it there's you know in music today there's a lot of empty messages mm, there's yeah. a lot of rappers and Crap. rock stars talking about every, everything they have there's mm. there's people who who talk about you know being sad and depressed and it's like that's not the message that i want to spread with our music it's it's i want to spread uh, you know, a lot of different messages, but right. I wanted it to be motivating, uplifting. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to, to motivate people and give them a sense of confidence. Mm. I don't want our music to put anyone deeper in, into mm. a hole, you know? So where does that come from? I mean, that's something, obviously, you know, it's funny because I don't know if you met, uh, you're, you're, I knew your mom. I know your mom. And um, for a long, long time. You I guys, went to school, you went to I went high to school, school together. Actually, yeah. I think I went to, I think I went to, I didn't call it middle school when we went to, went to junior high school together. I mean, I've known her since she was 14, yeah, shout 15 out. years old. Shout out to Jill, so, Rick's uh, mom. Yeah. yeah, and I think, yeah. and I think that love, love my mom. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Well, I she th- loves the show, so I'm sure she she'd be listening even if you oh, weren't yeah. the guest this week. Yeah. But I, I imagine she's listening right now. So hi, Jill. But that comes from somewhere, and I think that you know, being raised like people say, well, being raised right, but being raised with raised with some sort of you know ethics and or or just kind of uh, morality uh, uh, your own, and I think that it's really uh, admirable, and I really love. You know, hearing that out of your music because, there, like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of crap out there these days. You know, I mean, people writing about or even not even thinking about what they're saying. There's so many like they'll find a great singer and they say, "Okay, sing this." They're not even really paying attention to what they're saying. You know, and um, you obviously, it's like a whole package. It's the song, it's your vocal delivery, it's your performance. Because I noticed when I watched your video, I mean, that's a physical show and obviously and because you know, i asked your mom i said so tell me a little bit about rick and his you know he, you know you played baseball you were a, a great athlete growing up playing sports and you know uh, are you still hey by the way you're still an eagles fan and a phillies fan are you still in there or uh, we course. didn't lose you all, all philly everything <laughs> oh that's philly cool. everything it's draft day today big philly day philly <laughs> yeah well that's you cool know. so obviously i noticed when i was watching you um perform i mean it's a physical thing i mean you all and you know i don't know if you do you probably don't do choreography but you create created this choreography on stage that i noticed when the you guys it's like the movement is really something to to check out man i really i was amazed by that thank you it's very thank cool you. Very it's cool. a lot of you know i would say a lot of energy and it, and it takes a lot of energy to put that show on which i think it's i think it's a good thing it shows the hard work that we put in you know the fact that uh, myself, my drummer, you know, our guitar player, the fact that we have to do 
stretching and yoga for an hour before our set to awesome. get ready to do our set. It, it shows you what we dump into it. It shows yeah. you what we, how, how hard we perform. And, mm. and it is a very physical set. And it's, it's because you have to get that energy out. You know, I want to put, I want to put the energy out to the people that are at the show. Uh, and I also want to match the energy of what the songs are, are given and saying. So wow, Rick, that's amazing. It's, it's very important. To it's put amazing. On an energetic show. I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I remember, uh, I'm, you know, I'm older now, a lot older. And I, I remember at one point um, in playing music, I, I, the, myself and a few other guys in my band actually worked out with Pat Croce. And he's a guy that, like, was a, a president of the 76ers. And we were playing oh, rock know. and roll. You and we, tell me. Yeah, right, there you go. So we were doing, like, working out with him. And it was like something that, um, you know, it was a manager of ours that said, I want you to get in shape i mean i always felt like i was already in shape from drumming but but the other guys we were doing this like workout thing and and, and when i hear that you're doing that now and doing the kind of thing that you do before you go on stage look that's a lot different than it was <laughs> like i mean that was a mindset change we had to have at one time but it's a lot of days from the days of bands getting like loaded and getting on stage and playing you have this whole aspect where you're keeping yourself mentally physically right to go up and perform it's unbelievable Oh, you know how this is. This yeah. is not an easy job. It, no. it, as fun as fun as it is, it's very physical. Yeah. It's very demanding. Yeah. It's very, very. You have to be. I don't want to say born to do this, but you have to be born to do this. I think you have to be born there to be so there. There are so many people. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you have to be born to do this. It's a lifestyle mm. that that if you don't take care of yourself, you can see mm. serious repercussions down oh, the yeah. road. Um. You know, and, and even the lifestyle of travel, you have to be able to drive yeah. 15 hours sometimes between cities. You have to be able to, to do exactly what I'm doing, you know, mm. uh, fly all over the country. You know, this week I flew from Dallas to Vegas <laughs> and then Vegas to Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Played a show. Yeah. Now I go from Columbus, Ohio to Arizona, right. play a show. Then I go from Arizona to <laughs> Pennsylvania, play a show. Oh. And, and then, and then you, you got to drive to Michigan. Hmm. You know, 15 hours, and it's like that schedule beats people up. Yeah, but but for guys like you and me, yeah, it's normal life. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree, and it's it's, it's a, you have to you have to prepare yourself for it. Like I, I'm uh, same thing, you know. And look, I, I'm about to do next year. I'm doing a 40th anniversary tour with the Hooters, and it's like a long, long. It's a long haul, and you know, I've and frankly, I've seen a couple guys. You know, we lost a couple guys over the years. And then, and then, I don't know. Um, I think you mentally you look at it one day and you go, "Hey, man, I gotta, I got like I, I swim five days a week. I go and swim and I do what I have to do so I can do it." You get it, and mentally you have to prepare it for the plane rides, for the downtime, because uh, you and you spend a lot of time with a, a bunch of the same dudes all day, all night long. Right? It's like a hang. Oh yeah, you, you know I think the the only ones that you tend to to bump heads with in those situations are the ones that can't handle it. Like we're right. talking about. It's like, mm. we, we never have arguments with, with, with any former band members over things, oh. you know, or we're not getting along personally or. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm losing. What you I know, I, I, I tend to, we tend to fight or change out members who, who just, cry all the time you know, like, <laughs> oh, it's too, i got it too hard or yeah. oh it's too it's too i'm tired or 
we gotta we gotta get on another plane. Like when you start hearing someone really start yeah. whining about the Sick. job, yeah. I feel like all the members we've changed out have, have been because of bad attitudes of yeah. how grueling yeah. the job is, the right. work is. Everyone's like, Oh, you guys have changed a couple guitar players and it's like, Yeah, because all they do is you cry about the job, you know. It takes <laughs> a tough person. Well, you don't need it takes that. A you tough person. Yeah, to do yeah you, I agree. Yeah, you don't need that. Hey, Rick, how do you? Because um, in addition to being this road warrior and you know, and this this rock and roll lifer, you're a family man. You got uh, your wife Janine and and two beautiful daughters, Pres- Presley and Penelope, who I know are the world to you. So how do you kind of balance that? Uh, I, I know you know. I'm, I'm sure it's tough being away, you know, on the road. How do you kind of uh, balance the, the the music life and the family life? Well, I think you said it right there. It's balance. Um, and I, and I, and I really got it done with science. I think, you know, my wife seems awful happy lately. Uh, my kids seem happy. I think it also comes with success. If you don't overdo it, you can choose to take your success and drive yourself into the ground and yeah. separate yourself from your family, or you can take your success and use it as an avenue to facilitate spending more time with them. And that's what I do. I, I usually tour about three or four weeks and then I take two months off. Yeah. And then I tour three weeks, and then I take two months off, and then I tour three weeks, and then I'll take three months off. Yeah. I would say I tour about four or five months out of the year, right. max, right. and then the rest of the time I'm dad, I'm home, yeah. I'm with the girls every second of the day. You yeah. won't catch me out with the butt with the guys, you know. Mm. It's, it's when I, I do all my guy stuff when I'm on the road. Yeah, but when and, and then when you're home, obviously nowadays with the advent of home studios do you do um your all your writing and stuff like that you you have a, a, a situation where it allows you to work at home and things like that when you're out when you're not touring well I, i'm a bit of an obsessive writer uh-huh. if i find an idea that i'm working on I, I write it all day everywhere i walk around i'm at starbucks writing it i'm i'm i'm, I'm like an obsessive <laughs> Sometimes my wife looks at me. It's like Dewey Cox. She's like, Dewey, don't you write a song right now? <laughs> you know, she'll be, yeah, she'll be yelling at me. She'll say something to me, and I'll just be looking right through her, and I'll start working on a song. And, and I walk, I walk around, and I think about the lyrics, and I think about the melodies all day. Yeah. And then usually, instead of doing a home studio, I'll build one in Vegas in a in a hotel room. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll get a nice suite somewhere, the Cosmopolitan or Ari or whatever hotels having a really good energy or a good vibe. <laughs> I'll build a studio in there. I'll bring my producer in. I'll say, I got this idea for this song and, and I'll go to work on it and, and I'll spend the whole day with my family. I'll take my kids to school. I'll pick them up. And then around four or five o'clock, I'll go to the studio in Vegas and I'll work from 5 PM to one or two in the morning. All right. Wow, and I know your uh, your your daughters have been doing some singing with you, right? I've said there's a, there was a video out there of you and you and Presley doing uh, uh, the song from um, a Star Is Born. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the on the name. I but. can't tell you how many of my fans come up to me and ask me for that performance live. You know, and to see my little daughter, my five year old, six year old now, um, draw people in with her performance and 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 really touch people a certain way. It makes me so proud because she wants to. She wants to be a singer. I haven't heard her say she wants to do a single thing in her entire life since she was a little kid besides sing. Wow. Wow. That's great. Oh, hey, man. Rick, growing up, was um, going back to, to the early days, was it sports or music that dominated or were they equal or, or did music replace sports later? Because uh, as, as Dave said earlier, you were a hell of a baseball player at Harry S. Truman High School. Um, you know, how, did that, how did you kind of find the, you know, the, the balance between sports and music? 
it was always sports for me. It was always sports. Music was like something for the soul, right? I mean, I used to yeah. listen to it when I was getting ready to play a game. Yeah. I used to facilitate it to feed the energy I was looking to get, you know? Mm. I used to play video games in my room, listen to music. It was always a part of my household. My parents were always playing it, you know? Um, but sports were my thing. Sports was my whole first half of my life. You know, I, I played baseball for, you know, 15 years. Um, and and I was very good at it. And I, and I got as far as I felt I could get. But I did notice that once I was 20 years old, I started singing the girls and, and they, and, and, and it worked. And yeah. they would always ask me, you know, I, it, it was funny because strange girls, like girls I didn't know would come up to me randomly, whether I was at the mall or at a party and they would say, sing a song. <laughs> I heard you can sing. I heard you can sing. And I'd be like, who told you that? They'd be like, Oh, my friend Ashley or my friend Monica. And I'd be like, Oh, she told you I could sing, huh? They'd be like, yeah. And then, and then, you know, what comes with that? I'm not, I'm not going to be all political. No one wants to hear that. They'd say, you sing me a song, I'll do anything you want me to do. <laughs> you sing me a song, I'll do anything you want. You know what I would do? I'd start singing right there. So what were you singing? I mean, were you singing other people? I, I, I guess you weren't writing your own music yet, so were you singing like you know, Zeppelin or, or Nirvana? I mean, what, what would you uh, pull out and start singing? No, they always wanted love songs. Oh, they love always songs. wanted some... some they always wanted some wonderful tonight, or clapped, and they wanted something beautiful, you know? Mm. So, you know, interesting, Rick. So that was really, you know, y your path was, when you were younger, it was sports, and I guess being so um, intense as you are, that was something that was, like, your focus, and then at some point when you were, like, 20 years old, you decided, you made a decision that, okay, I'm going to, like, did you see yourself at that time? I'm going to do what I'm doing now today. I mean, is that something that, like, okay, because it's rare, you know, because 20 years old, I mean, like, in playing music, like, for me, I started playing, when I played drums when I was 10 years old, so if that's 20 years now, and I know some great players that started later, um, but, so, it's, and it's pretty remarkable that you did that 180, um, and obviously, you still love sports. I, I feel like it came, I feel like it came really naturally, I feel like that's it came awesome. really naturally, I feel like, yeah. It sounds like it's well, I, it sounds like we have Monica and Ashley to thank for it, and and all the other girls because yeah. if they it, weren't it, encouraging you, you might have to go down that route. Wow, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's I agree. It's remarkable. But when no, you, you, you know, oh, it, go ahead, it was, Rick. Go ahead. It was a pretty seamless transition. It was a pretty seamless transition. It wasn't anything that was too thought out. It was very natural. What was um, your it first went from thing? Playing baseball all the time. So my first gig, yeah. I snuck into this bar called Money Money Place. I was too young to even be there. Mm. Um, where was that? Where was, was that? Too young to even be there. Was that in, out in the West Coast? So that was that was West Coast. Yeah, might have been Phoenix. Might yeah. have been Phoenix. Might have been Phoenix, Arizona. I yeah. go into this money place. I'm 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 19 years old, maybe 20 at the time. Yeah. And I go up there, and I had written two songs at this point. I wrote yeah. a song called Brother, and I wrote a song called Crush. Yeah. And I get up in front of them. Yeah. And I sing about a bar full of 15 people. Those two songs on an open mic. Yeah. It, and, and I'm waiting for a tomato to come and hit me, and no <laughs> tomato comes. Yeah. And uh, I get a, I get a standing ovation. People wow. are clapping, and people people literally uh, rushed up to me when I finished. They rushed up to me, and they said, 
where can I buy your CD? Where, yeah. where can I get those songs? Yeah. And, 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 and it was the first time that I was like, man, I could make fans. I could have fans. People, yeah. You know, it was, it was a crazy moment for me because I here bet. I am. I sang, two, I sang two songs in front of about 15 so people. So when you sang the songs, Rick, do you have an, do you, were you playing an acoustic guitar or you just sang like with a microphone? You just sang, what'd you do? It, it, it was, it was just an acoustic in me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, and were you, were you, yeah. were you scared shitless? Cause it's the first time you're singing in front of people or did it feel natural right from the oh, start? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were oh, scared. I was scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, they, yeah. they'd say I, oh, yeah. it's important to be, I, I think to this day, I mean, I've been doing this a long time and I, I still, if I, if I don't have a level of, I'll call it fear when I go on stage, I don't think I, it, I think fear is a motivating and a good thing. And if you lose that, any of that, uh, maybe you call it fear, maybe you call it anxiety, maybe you, call, you just want to do great. Because to this day, I still want to, I still want to play great. Like I know I'm coming to an end of a career with me, and I'm, so, I mean, I'll play till I die. But I think that there's still a level of, of feeling inside that you, you that you know, I want to perform. And I think if you lose that, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> you know, I think the fear creates the fear creates preparation. Yeah. You know, you, 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 the more you prepare due to the fear, yeah. you know, uh, the better you are. I, I noticed that it's no secret that the more I prepare for a show, the more I, I'm, I, I get ready, the more I'm warming up properly, the more I'm right. warming my body up, my vocals up <laughs> mentally. I, I can seamlessly jump out there and put on yeah. a great performance. It's, it's the days where I don't put the time in that, uh, yeah. That I got out there and I feel extra nervous. You know? That is so true. Uh, which is rare at this point. At this point, yeah. it's all in the preparation right. for me. Mm. You know, uh, I, I make sure that I'm prepared. Mm. I make sure that I'm that I'm ready. I'm loose. Uh, you, you know, my vocal cords are, are have have lasted as long as they have because I believe the preparation. You know, mm. I take care of it. Which is uh, yeah, which is impressive because you wouldn't. I mean, you belt it out. <laughs> you don't hold anything back vocally. Mm. So I mean, the fact that it's held up as strong as it has, I mean, it's it's a credit to you. And you know, I think it, it's also it's also about moderation too. I think uh, I stopped playing shows on Mondays and Tuesdays. I don't play any Monday Tuesday shows anymore. Um, there's a lot of moves that we made uh, along the way. You know, there's a lot of moves, a lot of things that you make to preserve yourself. Mm. Um, you know, I only play four times a week. Yeah. Uh, and, and it used to not be like that. It used to be so punk rock. It used to be like, okay, you know, Adelina's Way's got six shows this week yeah. and they play an hour and 20 minutes, Right. you know, and it's, and people will run you into the ground if you let them, mm. people will run you into the ground if you let them. When I was on Virgin Records, mm. I felt like it was their goal to run me into the ground. <laughs> they were just like... You're, it you're was. only playing five shows this <laughs> week. Was. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, uh, they had no, there was no humanization. Mm. There was no, there was no human factor when I was there. They they wanted me to play every night of the week. They wanted me to do longer sets. It was pretty intense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, just to give people an idea of Rick's perseverance and work ethic and, um, when you first went out to Vegas, and I know I wrote about this many years ago, and I'm sure you've told this story many times, but when you first went out to Vegas, which is where you formed Adelita's Way, you didn't have a place to live, right? I mean, you were sleeping in sleeping in a car, and and you know, I don't yeah. know, right? I mean, that, can you share that story a little bit? Or? Yeah, it's true story. Yeah, I, I I went out to Vegas. Wow. You know, as much as I love Philadelphia, and I'm proud to be born and raised there, and I think that it, that it gives me a level of this toughness and perseverance you're talking about. I think. 
I get a lot of that from, from where we grew up. I get yeah. a lot of that from, from where I'm from, that toughness, that mental toughness, that physical toughness. I'm tough because of Philadelphia. It gets cold here. And <laughs> it gets cold there. But, you know, a lot of my friends were dying. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff was going on in my life in Philadelphia. I, bet. I felt like I needed a change of pace. Mm. Uh, I go out. I don't have much when I go out there. You know, I, I, I kind of thought, you know, I'll just fly by the seam of my pants, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you grow up in Philadelphia, you think you could do anything mm-hmm. because of the of the way we live our lives there. You mm-hmm. know, we we live our lives there very simple. Uh, so I came out to Vegas, and yeah, I lived in the car that I drove. I drove three thousand miles across the country, mm-hmm. uh, and and I just pretty much lived in my car. And I didn't live in it for months. I lived in it until you know everything started working itself out. You know, it's it. You don't just roll into an apartment complex and get an apartment. Right. Usually, it takes six days, seven yeah. days, eight days. Everything right. takes time, especially when you're a young kid yeah. and you're not properly preparing. Right? Kids like to think that you can just walk into a place right. and get it done mm. until they ask you for every single piece of paperwork, and you're like, I don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I need what? I need uh, an ID. <laughs> and nowadays, you need it all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's unbelievable. That's... But when I got to Vegas, I didn't. I didn't feel stressed out. I felt like it was part of my journey. I felt like you know, okay, I'm living in a car. I don't have nothing. Mm. Uh, this is part of the journey, right? This right. is part of the story, and it has become part of the story um, because it, it's it's a nothingness story, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's almost a rag to riches story. Yeah. It, yeah. You got a kid from Philadelphia right. who, who, who played baseball his whole life, and then, you know, we all wonder what we're going to do. Right. We all worry about what we're going to do when we get older. We wonder what are we going to be, who are we. I worried about that my whole life. Yeah. And did I ever think that being an artist or being a musician uh, was a real job? I, I never really knew yeah. as a kid growing right. up in Philadelphia. You know, I never really said I wasn't like my daughter. My daughter walks around and says, oh, I'm going to be a singer. You know, I think I make that possible for her because I I tell her about the dreams. You know, I tell her about how big you can dream. I didn't really know about that when I was growing up, you know, in in, in Philadelphia. So I kind of went into the unknown, but I also followed my my blinders, right? I followed my path. Yeah. Um, It wasn't an easy road, but here we are. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely, for me, I feel comfortable saying, yeah. That it's a rags to riches. Yeah. Well, it's definitely story. it's definitely rags to riches because this is crazy to me that it is last week, Rick, and, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Last week was the ten year anniversary of the release of the song that put Adelita's way on the map, and that of course was Invincible, which came out ten years ago last week. Um, why don't you? Isn't it crazy, Invincible? It's when I look at what Invincible has done as far as the sinks it's been on TV. I mean, it's got 40 million streams on, on Spotify and Apple Music. 40 wow. million. Right. I wow. mean. That's crazy. It's that's so, incredible. It's it's so, I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed. I feel so, you, you Do know, you remember grateful. what that first initially felt like? You write that song. How long ago, how long before you released it had you written it? Had, had it been, had you had it, you know, for a while or did you just write it and then put it out soon after? And then do you remember your initial reaction when the song just took off the way it did? You know, it was pretty fresh when I wrote it. It came out pretty quickly. You know, uh, it came out about a year after I wrote it. And I do remember as I played it for people, even other bands, I remember playing it for uh, 
the singer of Theory of a Dead Man, uh, he's he's one of my longtime friends, and I remember him looking at me and going, "That's, you know, that's a good ass song right there, <laughs> right. man. Like that's gonna do some good stuff for you." And I was like, "Thank you." And you never know what to prepare for. You never know what to right. expect. Um, you really don't expect anything. I mean, in this business, if you have your expectations too high, you can easily get knocked down, right? I mean, no question. So I didn't know what to expect with Invincible, but I I saw people clinging on to it. I saw sports clinging on to it. I saw TV clinging on to it. And I said, we got something here. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing that's happening with what it takes right now. It's like what it takes is reacting the best of any song I've ever released with the exception of the similarity of Invincible and Notorious. Right. That's what I see going on right now. When everyone goes, oh, how is it reacting? I say, well, it's reacting. Uh-oh. Uh, do we lose him? Do we lose Rick? It happens. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Howdy, Phil. Oh yeah, there you go. We oh, lost you, go. Rick. There we go. Um, yeah, you were talking about the new single, "What It Takes." Do we have that? Yeah, the new the, the yeah, new single is reacting like 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 my best songs. It's it's so far the early reaction. I mean, it has almost a million streams in in under two weeks. Well, let's. We're going to play them both. Let's start uh, because it's. Uh, we brought it up first, and it's the ten-year anniversary. Let's hear uh, "Invincible" from two thousand nine. It, it ended up on Adelita's Way self-titled debut album. Let's listen to a little bit of "Invincible." We'll listen to the, as we listen to the rest, Rick. I just wanted to, uh, as you hear this now, do you still get a kick out of it? I mean, still get pumped up to know that you produced this song. I mean, you you created this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look, I've been playing that song live for 
11 years nice. and I still am able to play with absolute energy like yeah. the first time we've ever played it. Yeah. If not, if, if not more energy some nights, you know, so it, it, it's to me, it's just standing the test of time, which mm. is what you want from your music. Right. 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 And it's sort of, I mean, it's sort of in a way, I mean, obviously you've done other songs that have done the same thing, but with your first song, you kind of set the, the the mission statement for Adelita's Way, and and the I mean it just you kind of summed up everything about that band in your first single, and yet obviously you've done it again, Notorious, you know, but um, Bad Reputation. I mean, there's so many songs that kind of you know capture what you guys are all about. But the fact that you nailed that right off the bat, I mean that that sets a bar pretty high for you as a writer, right? I mean, it it, it does, it does. But you know, you're. It's also motivating, right? I mean, it's motivating to let you know the quality of work you have to continue to put out. I think one of the strengths of our band has been the consistency, right? The consistency of, of writing great songs that inspire people or that people connect to. And I think we're not defined by one song. The the, the consistency of how people connect to most of our songs right. or a lot of our songs is why I believe we're able to build such a powerful army of fans. You know, it's like, we're playing clubs sometimes where we're doing 300 people, 400 people, and every single person in there is buying a T-shirt. Every one of them. Yeah. You know? That's cool. So it, it's it's such a strong connection of fans who appreciate us for all of our songs. And, and Invincible, I think, yeah. set the tone. It set right. the bar, too, I yes. guess. On when, yes. and, and you always feel like, okay, how do I how do I – get to that standard all the time and it's it's like always something that you're always on top of i'm guessing it's your you know it's why you do what you do you know it's um it's why you prepare for a show it's why you keep yourself in a good place mentally you know i, I you know i get it and you know and it's really commendable i mean it's unbelievable to see what when i hear your story of the fact that you you know this is what you wanted to do you set your mind out to do it and um you know i i, I it's really something to admire. It's really it's very cool. Hey, so we uh, we talked Thank about you. yeah uh, yeah. I mean, it's it is fantastic. I mean, and I love the fact that you guys are from the home same same town. I mean, obviously <laughs> different generations. Right. But, uh, Dave, Dave was talking me telling me last week about your uncle, about uh, Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe was a bad dude yeah, in a good way. Well, I know, yeah, yeah in a very good. I mean, like I remember. Well, I was a bit a little younger than Joe, but I remember Joe um, <laughs> from just in high school. You know, he was just a tough. Tough guy, you know, and but a good guy, you know, and uh, um, you know, he is. Okay. My uncle Joe is a good guy. He, yeah. is, he is a good guy. Uh, you know, I think he used to always. I remember when I started making music, he used to always try to give me song ideas and tell me about stuff. And I'm looking at him like, Wait. Uncle Joe, that sounds like bad to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the blues, like, man. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. He'd be like, you should write a song like this. I'm like, that already exists. (laughs) You're looking for something to know. Yeah, I like that, too. You know, I mean, that's an interesting thing. I mean, we all sometimes have our little diversions in 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 our careers. I mean, at one point, when I moved out, I lived in the West Coast for 20 years. And I um, I managed music, which was really kind of a surprise to me. I started managing music for a bit, and and uh, I remember when, you know, and you see some things change. You know, I watch what happened with hip hop, and I watch what happened with rock and roll, and how things have kind of morphed into certain things and different sounds. And um, you know, I mean, I have had students, um, 
you know, Elon Rubin was a student of mine when he was a kid, he was 12 years old, and he ended up becoming the drummer with Nine Inch Nails and doing amazing things. And he plays with bands wow. that, that do, you know, like I hear your sound, and I remember working with Baron and Perdell. I did an Alice Cooper record back uh, the last Temptation, and I was working with four different producers, and Baron and Perdell uh, did an Aussie record. Uh, oh, did he have record Tears? Um, but they had that, uh, Zach Wilde was playing guitar, and um, it, it had that real wall of sound, but it was just different, and um, it was big. I mean, it, it was powerful. And when I hear your music, and I hear the guitar, uh, the sound, and the way you go about producing your, your, your and in arrangements as well, I mean, it's a really powerful, it, it grabs you, you know, but you see how these um, uh, producers and arrangers and writers move to different sounds. And I think it's really important for, for the art of creating music to evolve that way, you know, and I really love, you know, that's what I, I, I think like. in these instances, I'm the, I am the producer, writer and arranger. Yeah. You know, I think it's curious about uh, that. I'm, 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 I'm pretty crazy. I'm pretty crazy. No, I'm pretty, I, mean, I think it's really you know, good. <laughs> and, and, and it, it is, it is a good thing because it's, it's got the passion in it and it's got the, you know, it, it has, you can, you can hear the obsession almost, right? Mm. I mean, when I'm arranging the songs and when I'm, when I'm creating them, like being, being as obsessed as I am when I'm making these songs, you, you can come up with cool sounds that no one in the world even, even knows what it is. You know, people always ask me, they're like, what is this? It sounds like a submarine. <laughs> you, you know, this sounds like a submarine going, Dong. and I'm like, yeah, it's just a sound that I heard. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just something that I heard. Um, and, 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 and arrangement wise too, it's like there, there are people like to slap rules on everything, but there are no rules. It's always about the song. I always arrange every song best for the song, mm. you know, whatever I hear to go on in the song that I write. And then I'm making most songs, yeah. most of the songs that I think have connected with people the most are ones where I come up with the chorus first. Mm -hmm. it, are you lyrics. an engineer also? Do you, do, do you work with an engineer or do you do your own engineering? How, how do you... How... I always hire. I always hire yeah. out an engineer. That's another job to me. That's, that to me, it, the music is a community. It's a community of jobs. Mm -hmm. There are people who, who shoot videos. There are right. people who engineer. There are right. people who mix. I yeah. wear only the hat of being an artist, yeah. a creator, right. a writer. Once right. it leaves that, I don't want to do it. And I don't want to do it. I yeah. don't want to be a video producer. Right. I don't want to be a, a, an engineer. I don't want to be a mixer. Right. I don't want to be a mastering engineer. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, know what goes into that. It's, it, you know, that's a, that's one of those jobs that it's just like, you know, um, and it's obviously you 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 have ears where you know who to get and uh, you know what you're after and you probably know right away. And I'm sure you've had situations where you had engineers where the, he's not right or she's not right. You know, you know that. Oh, I paid for me. I can't tell you how many times I paid for a mix. And, and, and I paid for it already and then I get it back and I'm like, man, this mix just isn't up to, it isn't up to the standard that I want it, you know, yeah. and then I have to go and have someone else mix it. Right. You got to pay two people to do the same damn job, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It happens. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yes. Unless you're driving the boat ship. That's what I was asking because, you know, uh, you know, over the years of me working, uh, uh, a lot of the guys I work with these days are basically doing their own engineering. I mean, at one point when I was, um, 
I still have the business, but when I was living in California, I had a studio in my garage, and and when my day would be where I'd wake up in the morning and I'd someone send me some tracks and I would you know cut it in my garage and then send it back, you know, and I mean I, that was a job. I, look, that was a job out of necessity. That, look, I had to work, so I had to figure it out. Of it took course. me it took to me three weeks to get a bass drum sound, <laughs> and my friend came over. He goes, pushes a button. I, I he goes, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's a necessity, but I notice sometimes when artists become too, too uh, in involved, right. it, it starts to come out amateur. Yes, it could be a dangerous thing. You can't wear thing. that many hats. Yeah, it could yeah, be a dangerous thing. You can't wear that thing. many hats. Right. You can't, yeah, there's there's engineers, there's yeah. people who do that professionally. I mean, very good. How can you be great at writing songs and performing songs and doing all this, and then and then doing all the other side right. of it too? It's like for me, right. I want to focus on yeah. on. on the first part of it, make sure that part's great. Yeah, know? I hear you. Yeah. Well, we me- you. we mentioned the new single, What It Takes, which sounds great. And we'll play it in a second. I did, uh, we, we neglected earlier, or I neglected earlier to mention our sponsors. Yeah, and, and we uh, have a new one coming We have a new board. one that I'm going to, uh, first of all, I want to thank our friend Mark Maialino, uh, who's, uh, who's donated to, uh, who listens every week from Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, like Rick, he's a, he's a ex-Philly guy, although he went a little further than Vegas. He's out in Germany, but he listens every week. He made a nice. <laughs> I was just in Germany. There you go. Maybe, um, well, if you ever meet Mark, he's a great guy. He made a generous donation to the show. I also want to thank our regular sponsors, the Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. They're working with autistic children, teens, and young adults. So if this affects your family, please give them a call at 267-663-7141. And we have new sponsors this week, Dave, the the wonderful people at Adolescent and Young Adult Advocates. Yeah, it's actually Uh, Adolescent Advocates. My friend uh, Patty Ann McAndrews and her team of people, they're wonderful. And next week we'll be doing more of a, you know, a, a presentation on what they do. And they're just really great people. And if you have a family member or you particularly are having some issues with addiction, um, you want to call Adolescent Advocates. And um, we got the number right here, David. It's uh, 610-520-7775. Yes. Um, I know I probably, it's probably an issue that hits close to Rick, to home with Rick, because I know, Rick, you've known people that have had problems with substance abuse. Yeah. And, uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, we've in all, our area, we all have, right? Yeah, we've yeah. all lost. You know, I mean, I, I'm a recovering person, and I know that it's really one of those deals where if it, it, you can't do it alone, and I, and if you need help, uh, please, uh, you know, call Patty and McAndrews and her adolescent advocates because they will help you. They're wonderful. All right. So let's hear uh, the new single, What It Takes. You want to uh, tell us anything about the song before we play it, Rick? Uh, any story behind this? Oh, yeah. The story behind it is exactly what the lyrics say. I said everything I wanted to say in the song. I mean, it's it's when you listen to those words, that's the story there, you know. And, and what it takes is, is, is there to motivate uh, anybody going through their journey. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs. It's not all, it's, it's not all uh, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It's, it's ups, it's downs, and you have to just stay focused, keep your eye on the prize. Sounds good. All right, check out the new single from Adelita's Way. It's doing great. It sounds great. What it takes.
Yeah. Nice. I like to see you do that. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. It's rocking. I'm tired Thank of listening you. to it. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of work, too, man. Your drummer is rocking. It's really good. Thank you. It's good yeah. stuff. Hey, Rick, where uh, other than we, Vegas? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say we track those drums in, in, a, in a place called uh, the Tracking Room in Nashville. Oh, nice. Yeah, Nashville's got some great. So, you know, yeah, actually, you know, there are a lot of great ones in the in the West Coast. And I think, um, is there is there a place, yeah, I mean, obviously, a place in Nashville you love, but is there a specific place, studio that you love going to that you really like? That's the place I can go all the time. Is there a room? Um, like I mean, there's quite a few places in the country we, we enjoy going to. Yeah. You know, we, we worked at a studio city in California. Uh-huh. Um, I think we're, we're going to go to Dave Grohl's. Yeah, six oh six. We're gonna go there, and uh, when we're on our break in June, we'll go. We're gonna go there and do some tracking. Awesome, and that's in Cali. Yeah, um, you know a lot of great studios in Nashville. I mean, yeah, we we pretty much, you know, we, we're not too married to any room. Right. You know, we get we get it done where we got to get it done. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna ask before, Rick. Uh, other than Vegas, is there a um, is there a region of the country or a city where where uh, you guys are bigger than other places that you just love going back? to? It should be Philly. <laughs> it, it really should be Philly, and I know you and I have talked in the past that you know there's whole kinds of factors that have gone into why you know local radio didn't play you I guys get more. It. Yeah, I, don't I mean get it, it should have. I've told your mom that I don't yeah, get no. it. Yeah, no, uh, we don't need to go down that road again. So I'm wondering, besides Vegas, is there a part of the country that like is just Adelita's way? You know, country. This is you know where you feel like home, or or there's a lot of different places. There's so many. There's so many. I think of right off the top of my head. So many, and they're all they're everywhere. You know, whether it's. Uh, you know, Dallas, Texas, Chicago, whether it's Denver, yeah. I mean, uh, New York City. I mean, I see so many places uh, that, that I think of when you when you ask me that. There, yeah. There's there's quite a few. Well, you got um, rabid fans. Which, I, somebody Facebooked me just a minute. Taylor Sambo who just said, thanked me so much profusely about bringing you on the podcast. And I was like, you know, that's cool. very, very cool. And, you know, I honestly, I, I don't usually see those kinds of messages during the show but she was like over the top uh, and so and what well, you said taylor let's say what's up hey taylor <laughs> there you go very right. cool uh, very cool um you, well you did have that the big philly show last year uh, i guess at the fillmore foundry at the fillmore which i know you were very excited about and uh, uh, uh we'll come back to we love philadelphia and, yeah. and look philly was great for us philly was great for us we're you know you shouldn't have to grow and build the way we have to build from the underground in Philly when you're when you spent yeah. 19 years of your life there. But it's not a task we're not willing to do, and, and we're willing to put the work in, and we've already been putting the work in. Yeah, you know we've grown in Philadelphia already so much over the past couple of years. Right. You know, over the past three or four years, we've gotten to the point where we can actually come to Philly. Yeah. You know, there was a point where we couldn't even come to Philly. We couldn't yeah. even come play it because no one knew who we were there besides my friends and family. Yeah. Now when we come in headline, I mean, what do we do? 250, 300 people when we did the Fillmore? Right on. I mean, th- 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 that made me happy. Yeah, well, I know you're back, not going to give up. Whether we do the same yeah. or more, I'm in. Yeah. Right. Well, and you're, well, you're not going to – I mean, you, obviously you're going to do whatever it takes to defend the band, what it takes. But you're also not going to take shit from anybody who, who doesn't – allow the band to do what the band needs to do i know through the years you were quote unquote banned from a couple cities really because you speak your mind about local radio yeah. about the uh, right i mean you you, you it's like it's, a, it's yeah, but he's me, right man. he's Everyone right always, it's it's the philly in me it's 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 because we're very brash we're honest we say we think you know mm. and and sometimes that that gets us you know what does it do does it does it does it 
show people a little bit that, that what you said, I don't take shit and who I am, or, or does it, you know, people can say, oh, you've alienated yourself in these stations. Uh, these stations weren't going to play us anyway. Right. They can use that as the right. excuse. They can, right. you, could, you could use that as the uh, excuse and say, mm. oh, we don't play them because they told our station to fuck off. It's like, mm. no, I told your station to fuck off. Yeah. And you Man. already weren't playing us. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, right. listen, like you know. You can't, you, yeah, you can't be eliminated from something you were already eliminated from, right? right? I right. mean, it's like. Yeah, but I don't we get were, that. We were already eliminated. And, and it's not about just me either. It's not a selfish thing. It's like when I listen to these stations, they're trying to do these trendy moves. They're not trying mm. to support a scene of music. They're not trying to support the artists that are touring through these markets, the artists that are putting out records. Mm-hmm. You know, rock radio is made for rock artists. Exactly. It's supposed to be supporting <laughs> the current scene of active yeah. rock bands. Mm-hmm. And and all they ever try to do mm-hmm. is is not support mm-hmm. the, the rock scene. Mm-hmm. They want to support the pop scene that they already used has to. radio scenes. They used they to. They want to support alternative. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you want you want to play more alternative music. There's already an alternative station in the city, and it's bigger than yours. Right. Yeah, it used to, man. You know? It's changed quite a bit. It's really a shame. Too many it's bean shit. counters in the it's business. Shit. Yeah, it really is. I there agree. are too many. Yeah. You're right. Too many bean yeah. counters in the... In, in, Agreed. Yeah, it's a we shame. need to play more alternative music. Well, it's like, why? The alternative station in the market's already bigger than your station. Yeah. Right, right. Play play, play your thing. Play yeah. play. But you got to be different. There's already yeah. a market in each city that's playing... Imagine Dragons. There's already seven markets in each city playing Imagine Dragons. Now you're just number eight. You're nothing. You know. Yeah, and you got to speak your mind, man. You got to tell them, and you don't see it's right. You got to, you got to talk about it. And you know, you're in a position right now that um, you have. I think you do have some leverage, and I think that you're going to help other artists by being honest about how you feel about what's going on. It's important. Well, we're also going to create an alternate. We're going to create a different route. You know, we're going to we're going to show people. I mean, you don't think that the, the, some of the radio stations in our scene that are directly connected to trying to break bands in our world, you don't think that they have some sort of feelings about the fact that none of them played Notorious, yeah. none of them except Sirius XM Octane, and that we have 13 million streams on Spotify? Yeah. No, it makes them look. It makes them look like they're not in touch with the scene right. that they're that they're in. It makes them look like they're not down on the ground floor with the artists. Mm-hmm. They're not discovering songs. Right. Well, we're going to play. Well, you right. know what? We'll you play know? Notorious. I know we're running out of time, but let's play a little of Notorious because that's cool. another great Adelita's Way song that we got uh, queued up here uh, from a couple years back. Notorious. Notorious. So notorious.
Yeah, man, that's kicking this. That, 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 and that's it. I am exactly. That's a right. great way to, to kind of wrap things up. I am exactly con- what I say. I am. I mean, that's Rick right there. Congratulations. You know, you know what I really admire about you too, Rick, is that I don't know if you've ever went down. And you sound to me as if you've never done like, and not that you couldn't have. And I just love that you've basically been a total original in your scene, like doing what you do. It's not like you're trying to be a, a, like a Beatles stone. Not, look, I love the Beatles. I love the Stones. I love I love that music. But you've created your own path, and 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 you're not like trying to be anybody else but yourself. And um, congratulations on being that dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, really, and, I, and we feel. Like, we feel like when somebody hears us, when somebody hears Adelita's Way at this point, it sounds like Adelita's Way. Yes. They, they don't have to confuse it with anything right. else. It's right. like, oh, yeah, that's, right. that sounds like Adelita's Way to me. And, and that's a big deal to us. It's rocking. It's rocking. It's not anybody thing. else. Thank it's you, you man. Hey, it's quick, good. Quick question, Rick. Did you throw the bad to the, did you throw the, the bad to the bone line in there at the start of that song as a nod to your Uncle Joe? <laughs> Yeah, uh, finally, I got it. What, are you going to try to get me to give him 5% of it? <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. He might come for it, man, you know? <laughs> hey, Rick, we got, we, got listeners all, know. we got listeners all over the world, but we, we have an especially large fan base here in the Philadelphia region. So what do you want to say you know, to all the folks back in Philly? I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you. I want to also say I love Philadelphia. It made me who I am. Yeah. You know, Philly is it has characteristics of toughness and resilience, and you know, uh, we're not. We get stronger. You know, the, the harder things get on us, you know, we can really uh, become stronger from that. So, I'm very mm-hmm. proud to be born and raised in Philadelphia. I love Philly. I'm out here representing Philadelphia. Yeah, you are. Uh, for the past ten years on the road, let everyone know. Mm. Uh, you know, go Eagles, go Sixers. <laughs> yeah, baby. You draft know, day today. They and, draft. And, and I love this city. I love I love that I was born and raised there. And yeah. I love you, Philadelphia. Well, you represent, man. And yeah. it's really, it's great to chat with you, man. And I'm, uh, I, I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm very proud of you. <laughs> very proud of you. Oh, thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Look, when I come back, we should all try to get some dinner yeah. or, or something. Eat some lunch. Do something nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. Well, That'd actually, when you come back, we'll get, we'll get you in the studio. We'll do round two. And we'll get yeah. you actually in the studio. That would be fantastic because you can play, I, play something I, I like right it. here with us. I, so, Let's yeah, do it. it's Let's do it. I look forward to it. That'd be awesome. So uh, go check out uh, Adelita's Way this Saturday at One Center Square in Easton. Uh, get all the information and, and check out their music at adelitaswaymusic.com. Yeah. Rick, thank you again so much yep. for joining us. And best of luck on the rest of the tour and, and going forward with, the, with your band and your music. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Safe Everyone travels. listening, follow us on Spotify and Apple Music. What it takes is out now. We love you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. So, uh so yeah, it was great. He's he's he's, he's, great, a, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Still an Eagles fan. Oh, too, he's all, I've, yeah, he's Phillies he, fan. He hosted. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it, but yeah. when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, he hosted a huge Super Bowl party out in Vegas. Oh, did he really? And uh, yeah, oh, there were some, he said there were some Patriot fans there, uh, but uh, but the, you know, obviously em. Eagles. <laughs> Eagles. Hey, today's draft day, man. I'm excited. I'm going down to the draft party, Eagles draft party. I'm very pumped about today. I it's the day where there's nothing. It's not like a, you know, there's nothing going on with the Eagles other than the draft. And I just I, 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 I love it, man. 
Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I live for yeah, it. I dig great. it. I'm not a huge draft, Nick. I, mean, I, I, like I don't it. follow like who's, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pumped about We six. need an O-lineman, man. I oh, hope they, they pick they... a good O-lineman. <laughs> we do. I'm also pumped for Sixers-Raptors. Yeah, season. man. It, Jimmy like... Butler, man. How about what he did? Do you know he had an Easter egg hunt or a big yeah, party? Yeah, I heard like a team Easter egg hunt. Uh, he's the best, man. If they don't sign him, I'm going to be pissed off. He's not a good teammate. He's great. How about he goes after Dudley when Dudley Yeah, he was going to kick his ass, man. I like him a lot. It was good that the Sixers yeah. finally looked like the team that they we thought they'd yeah. be when they got Butler, right. when they got Tobias. So, I mean, of course, it was only the Nets. The Raptors could be a different story. But, yeah, uh, you got Kawhi Leonard, man. Look out. Uh, hey, Dave, if you, if you don't mind, I'd like to um, to uh, dedicate this week's show to my father. No, um, man. Uh, uh, you my, had a uh, tough time. Yeah, Andy, uh, my, we love you, man, and well, I know that you. it's been uh, very difficult. Yeah, my, my father just passed recently, and he was a big sports and music guy yeah uh, so i mean he, he he was always he was a fan of the podcast he would email me and tell me that you listened and oh. he, he he wouldn't have liked rick's music my dad was more he, he gravitated towards broadway musicals and six, <laughs> 60s folk music he was big <laughs> dylan and Joni mitchell guy <laughs> beatles like peter but, ball mary yeah but 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 he would have loved rick's attitude and, yeah. and work ethic he's and, and something perseverance. yeah and uh actually i remember once going over to my dad's house and discovering he had david bowie live at the tower really? um, so i was like yeah my dad's got cool music uh. so just i love you dad and, and we all miss you yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, we got a second left. Do you want to? We do. We did find the ad from our new sponsor. Do you want to? Do you want yeah, Taylor hey, to, uh, to play it for us? Yes. Let's 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 play the uh, and we'll we'll hear it again next week. But let's play this from Adolescent Advocates. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Are you or someone you love struggling with mental health and substance use issues? Adolescent and Young Adult Advocates has served the main line for the past 14 years, providing comprehensive and individualized treatment for mental health and substance use disorders. Led by founder Patty Ann McAndrews and director Francesca Santacruz, our staff are remarkable people setting the tone for strong mentorship. Located in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, Adolescent and Young Adult Advocates helps you discover a community of people that share similar experiences and are building a life grounded in honesty, integrity, and community. At Adolescent and Young Adult Advocates, we have three levels of care with a board-certified psychiatrist, partial hospitalization, intensive outpatient, and outpatient services for ages 14 to 35 with a strong emphasis on family involvement. If you want to start your journey to a healthier and happier life, go to adolescentadvocates.com or call 610-520-7775. Again, that's 610-520-7775. That's great. Um, so if you need help, please please give them a call. And uh, also, again, want to mention our other friends and uh, sponsors, uh, Mark Maialino for his donation to the podcast and Behavioral Pediatrics yeah. and ABA Therapy Associates working with autistic children and teens and young adults. Call them at 267-663-7141. All right, Dave, we'll have a great time at the yeah. draft. I hope, I hope you're happy with who they pick. And uh, we'll see you next week on In the Pot. 